T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This hour is being brought to you by Cars for Kids. Call 1-877-CARS with a K, the number four kids. Ray, let's go. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score. And 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Station. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? I mean, look, there's been challenges for across the board here for everyone. Uh, we've responded to some pretty well, and we've, we've muddled our way through some others. Uh, that's not just on Tony. That's the front office. That's me. That's uh, the coaches and the players themselves. I think we're, we're in this as an organization, and none of us as an organization are, are satisfied with where we're at right now. But I think to a man and to a woman, we feel good about what the next several months hold for us potentially yeah yeah there's so much (laughs) in listening to rick Hahn, and that's the cut i was talking about like inside of the press conference that rick had last week that's what they keep kind of hoping to have happen and part of the reason that i'm frustrated by it is it wasn't like people weren't telling the White Sox in the winter, you guys are a little short. You're a little short. The other thing is, and this is this is one of my this has now become like one of my bigger baseball thought things. And it's the idea of building a team whose strength is its bullpen. I just think that it's such a it's a very difficult needle to thread for any baseball operation to go about it and say this year we're going to build a lockdown bullpen because invariably what happens is someone gets hurt or someone's bad that you weren't expecting to be hurt or to be bad and for the White Sox they've had to deal with both of those things. We don't even know from night to night if Liam Hendricks is available. We don't know if Kendall Graveman is available night to night. Not, hey, these two guys pitched three days in a row. They're probably not going to pitch tonight. Every fan can understand that. There was a, was, it was like Liam had pitched 
like 17 pitches in nine days, but wasn't available. And that's before we start talking about Joe Kelly and Aaron Bummer. The problem that I have with the kind of kicking the can down the road thing with the White Sox is your margin for error gets so thin, which is why people want it. Me, Layla, and Dan, we were talking about this. Me, Danny, and Speaks were talking about this. Didn't do enough in the offseason. Looked at your rotation was like, you're probably at least one starter light. Why? Because you're giving starts to Dallas Keuchel. That's before we knew that Lance Lynn was injured. They've been, let's, let's say good. Like, let's give them the credit of being good in their scouting. They brought Johnny Cueto in here. Johnny Cueto, and I said this from his second start on, he's already paid for himself. He's already done more than you could have possibly dreamed when you signed him to a minor league deal. But he was looking at this and going, ah, second base is still a hole for you. It'll be fine. We're going to get Josh Harrison. Eh. Josh Harrison's a really good dude to have as your 26th guy. Here's the problem. The White Sox already have a couple of those. They've already got a couple of the 26th guy. I thought I said I was going to let you talk. Let me let you talk. 312-644-6767 is the number. Steve is out in Peoria. Hey, Steve, you're on the score. Why isn't this fun? Hey, hi, Lawrence. What's so frustrating is what you feel should have been this year, and then you look to see what is actually happening, and it is just so depressing on there. And it's like the Charlie Brown cartoon where you got the black cloud coming over the head. And it just keeps coming and coming. I appreciate the phone call. Although I do think in Pigpen's case, it's because he's dirty, right? Isn't that the bit that Pigpen's is dirty and that's why he's got a cloud around him? He never any adults. Wah, 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 wah. Yes, the expectation plays a role in it. Someone texted in and they were like, look, they're bad. That's why it's not fun. Yes, I agree with you that that's a big part of it. But I I also think that the where our last caller was talking about I think is is right. Like there was an an expectation. And the White Sox themselves put these expectations out here. I don't think that they're shying away from that, but I wanted to make it very clear. Sometimes in situations like this, it's, oh, well, you guys thought we were going to be good, meaning fan and mostly media. No, no, no. As a franchise, you all were talking about World Series expectations. And there just hasn't been any real... The urgency that we've seen the games be played with doesn't reflect what I assume would be World Series expectations that you are seeing a lot of stuff fall through the cracks. 
and it it gives me pause to believe that all of this stuff can just be can just be fixed with talent. And maybe it can be. Maybe at at the end of this, I'm I'm a happy crying White Sox fan because their talent rose to the level that we all thought it was going to be. But the other part of this is some of the guys that you had slated to be difference makers for your team. Some have regressed to the point where you have to worry about, wait, does, does that person deserve to play? Meaning Yoan Moncada. That's a guy that you're counting on. And he's hitting 130. You're counting on Yasmani Grandal. And when he's not hurt, he's hitting 150. So you, as a team, you're telling me, just you wait. Just you wait. Just you wait. You're, you're going to, all of this stuff is just going to automatically fix itself. And what the evidence has shown us with the White Sox is that the best outcomes don't always happen. And they mostly don't. For example, oh, well, you know, Eloy's ahead of schedule. Is he? And then he had a setback. And then he had another setback. And then there's going to be, if he does make it back to this team, there's going to be the amount of time that he has to ramp up. And all of those things that you're asking make it difficult to reach your goals because so many things have to go right. Like now it's, it's, it, it was just, well, the White Sox just have to turn into the best version of the White Sox. That in itself is hard. But now it's, oh, Cleveland can't gain any confidence from what they're playing like so far. And Minnesota can't, can't keep putting distance between them and and the White Sox. You're counting on factors that you don't have a lot of control over. And as the season goes on, it gets more and more difficult for you to dig out. Like, well, I'm, I'm not kidding you about the relief aspect of this. Like, it's not fun. I And I know that this is the part where maybe I should just stop being a baseball fan. But as I'm toggling back and forth between what's going on in the Twins game and what's going on with the White Sox. Because I don't know how much further behind they can fall, and I realistically believe that they're going to be able to dig their way out of this. Six is significant for a team that's significantly more talented than the Twins are. Weird-ass Twins. Let's go to Matt. Hey, Matt, you're on the score. Hi, Lawrence. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Same here. What's on your mind? Hey, I wanted to make a point that I believe if you run the tape back and you watch Liam's last appearance, when he gets the final out and he's walking off the mound, I believe that he winces or that you can see him wince or there's discomfort on his face. I was waiting for Stoney and uh, Jason to bring it up, and they never did. I thought he looked uncomfortable coming off the mound. Well, and, and here's the thing. Thanks so much for the phone call. We've seen that before, too. Remember? Remember earlier in the season when that happened with Liam? I, I'm not here to, I don't even want to do like a CSI on all the White Sox guys being hurt. Although I will say, it's it's very optimistic to have a guy get fluid drained out of his knee and be like, no, nah, it'll be totally fine on Sunday. Now, I, 
I was talking with some people about this. Like maybe like there was a little quick dislocation of the kneecap, and that's how the fluid ended up getting on Michael Kopech's knee. And and maybe it just snapped right back into place. Everything's fine, and he's gonna go out there. All I know is that when they're extracting fluid from your knee, and I have actually had this done, it's not pleasant. And it usually doesn't portend to things being great down there. And now, this is the other part. Like, now I'm so skeptical about everything when it comes to injuries for the White Sox because I, it's not that I don't, I don't think that the light, I don't think the White Sox are lying to us. It's just that their luck's so bad. KC is driving around on 294. Hey, KC, you're on the score. What's up, Lawrence? Hey, man. Um, what I thought was funny was um, the Phillies GM, like about a month ago, was saying the exact same thing that you opened the show with that Rick Hahn said. And that was right before they fired Joe. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think the Sox are totally out of it, but, um, you know, as a Cubs fan, I got a lot of homies that are Sox fans. It pains me to see them like this. Um, you know, so I just wanted to tell Jerry Reinsdorf, hey, man, time to get off the pot. Go Cubs. You see can't you. say that word. We, we do a radio show here, sir. I, I get that you were going for the dismount. You were like, oh, I'm going to do the sports radio thing, and I'm going to do a dismount. That's one of the words you can't say. Shout out to the people who are listening on the street. I will say that not I don't really do like the back-and-forth banter with my Cub fan friends. One, I, I don't really love to talk about sports when I'm not talking about sports. The other part is, I think that there are a lot of Cubs fans that look over at this White Sox team and go, ooh, I've seen this before. This is the 2004 Cubs. They're unlikable. Think about that. That we've gotten all the way to the place where the White Sox a couple of years ago were like everyone's secondary team. And I don't mean White Sox fans, obviously. And now... It's like I like you, you sit there and you go, are these guys who they say they are? Are these guys living up to things that they've put out there publicly? Are they doing what they need done? A lot of us kind of said we were we were gonna give the organization like a pass because there are a lot of likable people. Like Kenny and Rick, for example. I like both of those guys. I like the guys that are on the field. It's hard to not like Lucas, for example, or Lance Lynn. And all of us were like looking at the LaRusa thing and going, okay, well, we don't like that and we don't like him, comma, but there's so much more likable stuff going on over there that that will we'll eat it. The, the chemistry and the culture will eat all of that up. And it is not felt like that. Last Thursday was a flashpoint. I hear the promo that's going for Parkins and Spiegel. And Danny and I are very like-minded in, in this regard. 
there I don't like that as someone who loves the White Sox that I feel that them being embarrassed nationally is important. I don't like what that says about me. I don't like the space that that occupies in my brain. But Thursday, to me, was significant. And the reason that it was significant was because it wasn't just the the guy in the Flash t-shirt who hosts the sports radio show on the score. It wasn't just, oh, well, you know that Bernstein, he's always angry. It wasn't, oh, well, those columnists in Chicago, they've always got the daggers out for you. It wasn't that. It was baseball at large laughing at the White Sox going, what are y'all doing over there? It's very easy to figuratively and literally tune the people who are local out. That was so odorous on Thursday. The baseball as a whole was like, nah, that's bad, y'all. That's bad, White Sox. The fire Tony chance. It's not my style. But on the broadcast where you had the broadcasters lay out because they weren't quite sure what they were hearing. Knowing that Jerry Reinsdorf is going to watch every game with the White Sox and the Dodgers. Seeing what happened with with the Texas series and seeing Saturday how fans were showing their displeasure. It it bothers me about myself that I've found value in that. There's a sense of vindication, to be quite honest with you. Of, yeah, like we're not just crazy because we hate the White Sox or whatever it is. Around the league, people are feeling the exact same way, and it stinks. I'm going to change the backdrop a little bit. NBA Finals, my guy Stephen Bartle is going to break it down with me next here on The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Lawrence Holmes, noon to 2, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. And the Warriors can dribble it out. Golden State Warriors are one win away from getting back on that championship throne. Boss 
Jackson's going to have to have another one of those vaunted comebacks. We've seen so much from them throughout these playoffs. As the Warriors take game five, 104-94. Highlights courtesy of ABC. I don't... I haven't gotten to the place yet where, I mean, I'm definitely in the place of I would prefer NBA Finals games is to start an hour earlier. Although with the White Sox being on the East Coast or the Eastern Time Zone, not on the East Coast, but in the Eastern Time Zone, it actually works out for me. That's the selfish part of it. I'm like, oh, all right, now I can just really focus in on the second half of this game because the baseball game's over and I feel relief. Because the White Sox have actually won. But I I don't know. If I were doing a... If I was based in the Eastern time zone... Oh. It would really stink. Like, nine... like Because not, not even like they tip it off right at nine. It's like, oh, we got more pregame to do. Tip is like nine, ten. That doesn't end up working out for you. Steven Bardo is fantastic at everything that he does basketball-wise, whether he's breaking down college buckets or if he's doing Bulls games or if he's doing Bucks games. The Bardo breakdowns on Instagram. If you're not following Steven on Instagram, you should because he just will pop up live and start breaking stuff down for you on what's going on in the game. This is why I reached out to him. I wanted to bring him here and hang out with me on the score. He joins me on the Circuit Resort and Casino hotline. Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Mr. Bardo, how are you? I'm doing well, Lawrence. How about yourself? I'm doing okay. And and I obviously, you know, I, I every now and again, I'll sneak into a Bardo's breakdown and try to get myself some knowledge <laughs> on Instagram. I see you breaking all the, the game down and laying down the law, telling folks they got to be respectful and, and all this other stuff. I I really like it. Like, I love it as something that's adjacent to a, a basketball watcher to get your point of view on all of this stuff. So let me let me expand with you a little bit on this okay we are now in this series and golden state has a three games to two lead what's been the most significant part of them after the split coming back and doing what they're doing and now being one win away from winning the title yeah that's a great question lawrence and i I think the, the first thing that comes to mind is uh the celtics appear to be the older team you know, they're, they're struggling handling the basketball. They look like they don't have any legs in the fourth quarter. Um, Jalen Brown looks out of sorts. Uh, Jason Tatum is settling too much for three. Now, I, I give Golden State a lot of credit. They've been extremely physical with them, and they've, you know, the officials are allowing them to have hand-to-hand combat, and it appears to me that the last couple games, Golden State has made their mind up that they're going to be the more physical team. And they're, they're physically whipping the Celtics. And in the fourth quarter, the younger Celtics don't seem to have any legs. And so that's been the, one of the things that really stands out to me uh, during this series. You've played the point guard position. I find myself while watching these games going, Boston needs a, a, an actual point. I love Marcus Smart, and I love what he can do defensively, how he frustrates it, even when he, he clicks on offensively and hits a couple of threes. But even them getting into their sets seems really difficult to me. 
I would agree with that. You know, and I, I think that Mark is smart, is excellent at what he does, just what you said in terms of some of the things he can be creative offensively. He can take, you know, he likes to take Jordan Poole into the post and the Celtics can initiate their offense like that. I also agree with you, though, that the Celtics need a change of pace point guard that can get off the bounce and get into the paint and create for their for his teammates. And that's not a that's not a strength of Marcus Smart. When he's long range dialed in, he's a great catch and shoot three guy. Um, I think, like I said, when he gets in the paint, he can utilize his strength and his lower center of gravity. But in terms of initiating the offense, like you said, kind of pushing the ball up, getting open looks for his teammates, the, the Celtics have really struggled with that. And I, I think that's why we're seeing such high turnover numbers because Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, in my opinion, are outside of trying to score, they're trying to do too much in terms of setting others up. It's really wild too, Stephen, because it, whether it's this series or the Eastern Conference Final, that first pass – when they cross half court, it's been really lazy. And and we saw Miami and Jimmy Butler, like they were turning those into points. Like it, it just seems like they need someone to be really good with the ball to help them just get into their sets. And then maybe they'd have a better chance. I would agree. And here's the thing, you know, I, this is probably going to be an un popular opinion, but I would pay, uh, I'd play uh, Pritchard more. I'd give him an opportunity because Pritchard, he, he's kind of a straight line guy. He's not, he's not zigzagging. He's straight line, get into what he's getting into, get the ball where it needs to go. And then he gets off the ball and acts as a two guard in that scenario. So I don't know whether they need to get Derek white on the point a little bit more or uh, Peyton Pritchard, but they need, I, I think that, Marcus Smart is being asked to do a little bit too much right now. And I think in some of those key situations, he may be tired or he just may not have the ability to give the Celtics what they need in these crucial moments because it, it's, it, it's quite evident. I, I thought that the Celtics, once they came back from that deficit last night, I thought they were in good shape. But then they collapsed on the offensive end because you pointed out they don't get anything easy. They don't get any easy shots. There's not a guard that can get off the bounce that can create for his teammates. And so they really struggled from that. And I'm, I'm sure the uh, Celtics front office are, are taking note of that. You were saying that Jalen Brown looks a little lost to you. And we're talking with Stephen Bardo. Follow him on, on Instagram at Stephen Bardo and check out the Bardo breakdowns. How would you go about trying to get him back in sync? I would limit what he's doing, Lawrence. Uh, I, I think that, there was a stretch, I believe, in the fourth quarter. I don't know if Ime Udoka was trying to force-feed Jalen Brown, but there were five possessions in a row that he came down, no passes. The Celtics tried to space the floor. It was almost like everybody knew what was going to happen. And Jalen Brown tries to come down and make something happen. I think one of the five possessions, he got to the free throw line. The other three, uh, I think he missed the shot, and then there was a turnover. So it was – really low percentage basketball. And I think they're trying to force him to be, to be more than maybe what he's ready for at this point. I think we forget how young he and Jason Tatum are. You know, we've seen them in the playoffs the last few years and we think, okay, he should be ready. Well, it took Andrew Wiggins a long time to get to, to the place of where he is right now. It takes time. And I think that Jalen Brown is going to be one of those guys where 
if the Celtics don't come back and win this series, he's got to look in the mirror and say, look, I, I've really got to improve and I've got to do some things to secure the basketball because uh, Lawrence, me being a defensive player, I would have loved to guard Jason Tatum. As physical as they're allowing him to play, I'd rip him almost every time or force him into a contested three because, to me, he's just trying to do too much and he's trying to force the action to get his confidence level up. You can't come to the NBA Finals if your confidence level is not up because if it's not up, you're not going to get it in the final. You brought up Andrew Wiggins. He's been pretty amazing. What, for you, what's been the best part of his game in the Finals? Ooh, that's a great question. The best part of his game? It might be. I mean, he, he's been rebounding a ton, like yeah. more than you would ever expect. Like, giving him those second shot opportunities, he's been a really good, like, uh, valve, a pressure valve to get some scoring for them. There's and on defense, he's been terrific. So I, I'm not even sure what the best part of his game is. You know what? I think it 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 probably lends to the rebounding side only because Golden State plays so small. Draymond, Kevon Looney. Um, uh, you know, they, they're not big. And so they have to get the guards in the rebound. And, and Wiggins has done an outstanding job of that. And I just love the fact that a guy like Wiggins, who is the number one pick in the NBA draft, people think that he, he, he needs to be a number one option. Getting all this money, he's a number one draft. Sometimes guys aren't number one option. He's a great two, second or third option, though. And he has found his niche. And it took him a while to find his niche. He seems comfortable. He seems okay with the, the Golden State Warriors teammates and coaching staff pushing him more, in my opinion, Lawrence, than what he allowed to happen in Minnesota. It was just kind of a, a funky situation. The environment wasn't good for him. But I think the fact that he's in a scenario right now where he can be kind of Robin to Steph's Batman, uh, he's done a fantastic job. As you said, defensively, I, I haven't seen any – I didn't see anybody guard Luka Doncic the way that – Wiggins did through the playoffs. I think he's doing an outstanding job. What do you think of the job that Steve Kerr is doing? And let me get real specific on some stuff. Jordan okay. Poole isn't giving him the minutes that, that he was probably expecting. He sits Jordan Poole on the bench. In crunch time, Draymond Green isn't giving him the effort or, or the production that you're used to getting from Draymond in these moments. He sits him for the remainder of the game. I find myself being really impressed with Kerr's ability to not just make those moves in, in the biggest moments, but to try and make his players understand why he's making those moves in those moments. Uh, great point. And here's what I'll say to that. Steve Kerr's established a level of trust with the players that is uncommon. Because any other coach that sits Draymond Green down the stretch in the fourth quarter, you're going to hear about it. And you know what? Back in the locker room, Kerr might have heard about it. But there's a professionalism and there's a trust among the coaching staff and the players that allows Steve Kerr to make these type of decisions, and it's not a distraction for the rest of the team. You make a great point about Jordan Poole, and a buddy of mine was saying, oh, man, Jordan Poole needs to be playing more. He needs to be playing more. And then all of a sudden, when Boston makes their run, they throw Poole in there, and he makes – a couple of great plays to get them back in control of the game. And so I think I, I second what you say about what Steve Kerr is doing. I just think that that comes from years of developing trust with these uber, uber talented players. And it also helps 
that your best player is maybe one of the most even kill NBA superstars we've ever seen. And if Steph is going to chill and he's going to take criticism and he's going to get pushed, then, you know, what's anybody else going to say on Golden State Warriors? They're going to fall in line. So it's a great situation, but a lot of it had to do, in my opinion, with Steve Kerr developing that trust with those veterans so that when they get in those crunch time situations, they don't question him. What does Golden State have to do in game six to close it out? I think they have to be as physical to start the game as they were in game five. Uh, defensively, I just did not expect to see Golden State play the way that they're playing. I mean, Boston's younger, Boston's bigger, but Golden State's been the most physical team the last two games, and I think if, if they can hang their hat on that defensive end once again, because, you know, Boston has done a very good job in elimination games. We know that. They're going to have the, that, that place is going to be bananas. But if there's any team that can go in and get a game six win on the road in the finals, the way that Golden State is playing, I think, I, you know, I picked, I picked the Celtics in seven. But the way that the momentum has swung in this series, I wouldn't be surprised if Golden State goes in there and finishes, finishes the, the deal in game six. All right. So you picked the Celtics to win in seven. How do they get to that point? Well, obviously they need to take care of business at home. But what they need to do, here's the most important thing uh, to me, Lawrence. The Celtics need to figure out what the heck is a good shot in the fourth quarter. A contested three when you're tired is not a good shot. Go sit on the bench and, and, and collect yourself for a second. If you're tired and you can't have enough force to get to the rim, you're not going to beat Golden State playing Golden State's game. You're not going to beat Golden State from the three. Steph Curry went 0 for 9 last night. The first time he's missed a three and I'm – I don't know, what is it, 200-some games? And they still lose. And, I mean, they lost handily. So you're not going to beat Golden State, the smaller team, by doing what Golden State does. You have to play in the paint. You've got to get downhill. You've got to put pressure on the Golden State defense. And if they can't do that, uh, this one will be over in Boston in game six. When's the next Bardo's breakdown going to happen? Monday at 6 p.m. Mondays at 6 p.m. So if you're you, on Instagram, you need to be following Stephen Bardo because he gives you some knowledge that as a basketball fan, like if you're looking for that that deep cut, like you want to be the smart person at your job talking about the game, <laughs> Bardo's breakdown is where you want to go because he is out here giving you gospel that you can take with you to the water cooler. My man, I appreciate you, Lawrence. Always fun having Getting on with you. Stephen, be well, man. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you. That is Stephen Bardo. I'm telling you, it's really great. I love when Stephen breaks stuff down because I think he's really good, whether he's doing college basketball, WNBA with the Sky, NBA stuff with the Bulls and Bucks. You're not going to get any better than what that dude is out here putting out. So I'm glad that he had time to break down the finals for us. Need to take a break. When we come back, there's a really interesting move that was made by the MLS. I'll explain next here on The Score. Lawrence Holmes, noon to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score. And 670thescore.com. In Odyssey Station. 
right before I went on the air, I saw Sports Business Journal publish the story about the MLS signing an exclusive live deal with Apple. So you know how we were talking about like Apple baseball, like you see in White Sox and Cubs games on Apple. That's now going to be the MLS starting in 2023. And I'm I'm stuck like not knowing how to feel about it. One, it's where the industry is going. Like streaming is a, a new revenue stream for a lot of teams and leagues. And I guess that the access to all of it is good. I, I guess now they're still negotiating with ESPN and a couple other places so that they could at least broadcast it, but they have to know that Apple is going to be the home of the MLS. I'm I'm still looking for like I'll spend the rest of the afternoon like looking for different opinions on this from really smart people in our business. I guess it's good that we'll have access to all of those games whenever we want. It's a very interesting choice and it looks like Apple didn't really pay a ton for the access to stream every one of those games live so seeing what they end up doing with it is going to be interesting but it's one thing is clear apple has said look we are here and we understand that in streaming even if you have great programming you still need live sports because live sports is where people are paying the most attention and the dollars are going that ad revenue is real Talk with Parkins and Spiegel next here on The Score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.